to Tiny Island Diary, a podcast celebrating all our tiny islands in Animal Crossing New Horizons, also known as ACNH. Each week on Tiny Island Diary, we'll chat with an ACNH player and find out what life is like on their tiny island. We might pick up a few tips, tricks, or hacks, and new ideas we can use. My name is Antoinette, and I'm an unlikely host for this podcast. Pre-pandemic, I spent 99% of my time in the physical world with family, friends, and a satisfying career as a public speaker. COVID changed many things, and I was suddenly grounded at home in Austin, Texas. I picked up my son's Nintendo Switch console, downloaded ACNH, and found some joy and peace in my own tiny virtual island. I bet you have too. Tiny Island Diary is a podcast in a bottle, washing up on your shore every week. I hope you enjoy it. Saturday, August 8th, 2020, a.k.a. the year that left us shook but kept on shaking. Dear Tiny Island Diary, it's me, Antoinette. What a week. First, Sherry moved out and I had one day to find her replacement or one would be assigned to me. I went on my first ever villager hunt. I wanted a sisterly type and I wanted her to be cute. Thirteen Nook Miles tickets later, Pashmina moved to our tiny island. I can already see she takes none and I'm looking forward to her settling in. Second, we have four birthdays on our island in August, and one of them is mine. I'm still learning how to be a good guest at birthday parties, and I can't wait for my own, which I'm avoiding reading about, because in COVID, there are very few sweet surprises. Finally, I laid out one section of my island where all the villagers will live. Until now, they've been spread out, and giving daily gifts takes a long time. I can't wait to move everyone and tackle the next section of the island. The current version of ACNH is 1.4.1. Our guest today on Tiny Island Diary was mentioned in episode one by our then guest, William Shipley. Today, I'm joined by a guest who is known for his high quality and laid back Animal Crossing live streams on Twitch and his videos on YouTube where you can tune in, follow along as he plays, and pick up some great tips and advice about ACNH. Welcome, Ryan FTW. Hi, how are you? I'm doing great. How are you doing today? I'm doing wonderful. Thank you so much for asking. Yeah, it's so great to have someone who is so used to being recorded on this <laughs> podcast. I can sense your ease already, which yes. is great. Yep. Uh, please take a couple of minutes to tell us a little bit about yourself. Where are you sheltering in place right now? Um, Tell us about your path to discovering ACNH and a little bit about what life is like on your tiny island. Sure. So my name is Ryan FTW. For those that don't know, FTW is actually a not so popular gaming acronym that means for the win. Uh, I currently stream on Twitch and YouTube, and it's primarily where I make a lot of my content. Uh, the YouTube content that I make primarily revolves around some tips and some tricks, but generally revolves around just playing and enjoying the game uh, at probably the oddest hour, which is around 5 a.m. I currently host, or rather uh, have a series on YouTube that's called Animal Crossing and Chill. I generally just use that as kind of a stream of consciousness uh, to play the game, which a lot of people tend to enjoy. There aren't a lot of people who are up at 5 a.m., and so... Uh, being able to experience the very calming music with the audio of the game, people found to be very relaxing. And so I just took that and ran with it and kept on going with it. This in turn translated into me being able to stream the game live on Twitch for hundreds of people. And I actually did my own villager hunt today. That was one of the streams that we did. 
Uh, we actually went through 200 tickets, which was quite a lot. Wow. Yeah. So (laughs) it it was a pretty tiring experience, but overall it was one that was super duper fun. Um, but no, I actually, um, I've been a big fan of the animal crossing series since, uh, I believe it was wild world that was out on one of the handheld devices. Mm -hmm. I played that a, a, a long time ago. And when I found out that animal crossing was coming to the Nintendo switch, I was super compelled to get it, especially with everything going on right now. I felt like it was a good escape from everything that was happening. And so I picked it up and I decided I had already been making YouTube videos from other games at that point. And I figured I'd go ahead and just kind of throw my hat into the ring, as it were, make some Animal Crossing videos. And they basically took off in a manner that I wasn't even prepared for. So, um, yeah. <laughs> You have done a few villager hunt videos. So you said you did one today. Um, I watched one that you did on May 17th, and then I think you did another one in June, maybe July. Um, Tell us a little bit about the popularity of the villager hunt videos. Why do you think they are so popular for people to watch? So I think when it comes to the villager hunt videos in particular, I think it's this uh, sense of, I guess it's excitement for seeing who the person is going to get on each individual island. There are over 391 villagers in the game, and everybody has their own favorite. And I think at the end of the day, people want to watch their favorite content creators go to the different islands and see kind of how they feel about their the other villagers that are in the game. And especially if they come across the villager that they really like and how they feel about them, they would hold no sort of ill feelings towards them if they turn them away. But I think it's kind of an interesting kind of look to see what their favorite content creator uh, likes in villagers. And overall, I think it's just, it's that classic kind of thrill of the hunt kind of thing. Uh, people enjoy the the guesswork and figuring out who's going to get who, when, and that kind of thing. So I think that's why not only just my vi- videos for villager hunts, but I think, I think that's why most content creators' videos for villager hunts tend to do so well. It's the, the thrill of who is my favorite content creator going to mm-hmm. get this time around. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And also, it's your 200 Nook Miles tickets we're wasting on this, <laughs> right, <laughs> burning exactly. on this, right? Yeah, no one else has to spend their own. They get the enjoyment <laughs> of looking at all the other villagers that are in the game without actually having to do the work of getting all those tickets. Right on, right on. And you said that you Twitch live streamed that one. So they, mm-hmm. like your viewers, went to the airport every single time with you and sat every through that whole time. process. Exactly. Where would you so, like to go, Ryan? <laughs> <laughs> so, right. So then what I do is for those people that do make the live stream and hang out, it, it was about it was about a three to four hour long process for over 200 tickets, uh, my, maybe a little bit longer than that. But then what I do is I take those videos and then I shrink them down, and, like you've seen on YouTube, into 30 to 40 minute compressed videos for those who can't make live streams because you you have to imagine sitting through a four hour live stream of going in and out of the airport can be <laughs> can be a bit tedious to some people but yeah. it, it is those types of streams and those types of videos do get a lot of viewership just because as i mentioned a lot of people are excited to see who the next villager is going to be right on we will link to that video in the show notes if your episode is live by the time that this podcast recording goes live on monday um, can you tell us, without telling us who it is that you found, can you just give us a preview of what you were looking for? So I am currently actually in the process of redoing my island, which uh, for those that 
don't really understand what I'm talking about. What I've done is I've essentially removed every sort of item and every sort of cliff and river from my island, which you can do once you reach a three-star island rating. You can unlock terraforming, which will allow you to do things like create cliffs and create rivers. I had been working on my island for about 400 hours worth of gameplay, I believe, and it got to the point where I, th I, I was pretty much ready for something new, something different. And so I flattened everything out, and now my island is going for more of kind of a natural-looking theme. And a lot of the villagers in the game, some of them are pretty out there and wild in their color schemes and their designs. Mm -hmm. And so I was looking more for villagers that fit the more natural-looking theme. For example, there is a villager who is a cat named Anka. She looks like an Egyptian princess. Yes. Wouldn't look really good on my island. So, gotcha. so even gotcha. though she is one of the more popular villagers in the game, uh, that is one that I would have passed up if, for whatever reason, I had run into her, um, which I guess you'll have to wait and see. Oh, so today's <laughs> village villager hunt, you were looking for a character that would fit the new kind of aesthetic that you're bringing your island to. Okay, That's correct. So okay. these villager hunts, they can get pretty long in length uh, in terms of how long you're looking for a villager. So sometimes you'll get creators who will look for one specific villager and will spend thousands of tickets to try and get it you can buy these villagers on a secondary market uh, on a place called nookazon which mm -hmm. is where people tend to sell different items in game or villagers and stuff like that um but these content creators you know including myself it's so much fun to go through the experience with viewers that we're willing to spend all those tickets to do that so for me, I had a, a list of villagers because if I knew that if, if I stuck with one particular villager, I may or may not find them. And then right. I could spend, I could spend, like I said, thousands of tickets trying to find them. So there were a few that I was looking for. And, um, and yeah. Now I do my homework and <laughs> I watched your entire May 17th episode for, it was called the rare villager hunt. And I made a few notes that I just kind of wanted to go through with you, kind of ask okay. you some questions, see if you can rewind the tape in your head and bring us back to kind of thought process, thought processes and maybe decision making. Sure. Um, very, very quick observation. You're going to laugh at this one. You ran into a bunch of my villagers on that <laughs> hunt. And okay. um, I am definitely like a, I don't know, my, my play, I think I would describe as more organic up to this point. Um, I told you in our preparation call the other day that I resisted chopping down trees on my island for months, like the first right. two months. I think I just didn't want to chop anything down but a money tree that had grown since I was there. Right. So given that, like Bud, you ran into Bud twice, which I thought was hilarious because today <laughs> is Bud's birthday. Oh, is it really? <laughs> yes. My very first birthday party is with the villager that you were just like, pass, pass, pass over and over. <laughs> right. um, Louie, you saw and you said the same thing that I said when I saw him because he's one of my OG villagers that okay. he looks like Donkey Kong because he yes, does. Yes, exactly. Yep. Yeah. Um, and then you also ran into Groucho who was only with us for like two weeks and Nan who was with us for like one week. But anyway, it was just fun to see, you know, familiar faces and that sort of thing. Right, exactly. Yep. Um, so how many duplicate villagers did you see today, by the way, on your hunt? <laughs> so today's hunt, so this is actually a continuation of the hunt that we started on Thursday. On Thursday, we actually spent 100 to try and find some of the ones that I was looking for. And then today was another 100. So for a total of wow. 200. On Thursday, we ran into 17 duplicates, which was pretty crazy. You would wow. think that 
in a pool of 391 villagers, the odds of running into 17 of the same villager, one of which we actually ran into three times, Oof. would be would be super slim, but yeah. apparently it's not. Uh, and today, I think we ran into a total of five before mm. we finally took the villager um, that we ran into at the very end of the stream. I see. Interesting. I On my very short villager hunt, which to me took all day, but apparently <laughs> compared to, you know, Ryan FTW is nothing. Sure. Um, I ran into Benjamin on island number two and island number nine. And I okay. actually kept track of all of mine in a spreadsheet because I'm okay. kind of nerdy that way. No. <laughs> um, but I also wanted to study things like, you know, I was specifically looking for a sisterly villager and I wanted sure. to know how many times they were going to recommend other types and, mm. you know, male versus female and that sort of thing. But gotcha. anyway, one of the things that you said in your May 17th episode on the rare villager hunt is that you the process was really appealing to and I quote the collector in me. Mm. Um, can you tell us a little <laughs> bit more about that? What does that mean, the collector in you? How do you collect villagers? How does this process uh, speak to that um, that joy that you feel in collecting? Sure. So in regards to the collecting, and it wasn't, for me, it wasn't a matter of collecting villagers. Um, it, and, and I guess if, if you want to look at it that way, you can, um, you know, depending on who you ask. But for me, I was a big um, Magic the Gathering player, which for those that don't know is a is a trading card game. It's one of the most it's what it's it's the original trading card game that led to other trading card games. Like uh, for most people, they're familiar with the Pokemon trading card game. Yes. Um, this card game that I was really into in high school, you could open booster packs, and the potential to get a specific card was really exciting. And it was the it was the most fun way to get cards. Because otherwise, you could just buy cards outright, which, as I mentioned earlier, you can also buy villagers outright on Nookazon, but it takes away from the fun of looking for villagers and looking for trading cards. So the collector in me, what I meant by that was I enjoyed looking for villagers because it was more exciting to randomly run into those villagers, like opening a booster pack, than it would be to say, okay, I really want Marshall and then to go and buy it from somebody and then basically just be like, okay, that's it. I got what I wanted. So So there's like a thrill of the hunt in it for you. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. Yep. As I mentioned earlier, you got it. Are there other elements of the game that also appeal to that sense of like the thrill of the hunt? Not necessarily as much as uh villager hunting. Villager hunting when you do it on one day, you can genuinely just do it back to back to back. You can go from Mystery Island to Mystery Island looking for it. Now, the game in and of itself is a collection game. You can collect items. You yes. can collect all these different things. Yes. Clothes, wallpapers, all Turtles. that stuff. Turtles. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> Fish, right? The museum yeah. is nothing but a, a, a collector's paradise. Right. However, you have to wait days on end to get that to happen. And there are a lot of people who still like do things like time travel and don't time travel in this game. And so one thing that we can all relate to in regards to collecting in this game would be the villager hunting, essentially, because if you don't time travel and you want to get all the fossils and fish for your museum, you have to wait day after day after day. Same thing with DIYs. You have to wait for them to pop up on the beach every single day. Right. Whereas for villager hunts, if you have a villager that's moved out, if you have a thousand tickets, you can literally spend the entire day looking for a villager. So I think that's... I think genuinely speaking, you know, or rather generally speaking, m more often than not, people are going to be into the villager hunt more so than collecting other things just because of the fact that the other things you have to wait 
for specific days, whereas villager hunts you can do over and over and over again and keep experiencing new villagers every single time. Yeah, there's a little bit more instant gratification in that for sure. Exactly, exactly, yep. So I don't want to give away any secrets, but of course you recorded that episode of the Rare Villager Hunt a couple months ago. So I'm just going to say you ended that Rare Villager Hunt with stitches. Correct. 60 or so tickets into that hunt. I mm-hmm. think it was about 60 or so. I think um, so, yeah. Now that you have had stitches for a couple of months, was stitches worth it? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> people ask me people ask me who my favorite villager is. Um, and Stitches is definitely up there, if not is currently uh my current favorite villager. And um Stitches is up there with whom? So the <laughs> I get this question a lot on stream and on comments on YouTube. Who is my favorite villager? And it's become kind of like an inside joke uh, that my favorite villager is Lyman. Lyman is a green koala who has a jock personality type. And his catchphrase, or rather the thing that he calls you, because they all have their own little nickname or thing that they say at the end of their sentences. Right. Lyman's is Chips. So every time he spoke with me, he always called me Chips. And he was one of the... um, the OG villager is one of the two villagers that I started with. And because I didn't time travel, I essentially was talking to Lyman every single day. I loved his conversation. And so even though he's not the most appealing villager to look at, I will always say as an initial answer that Lyman is my favorite because he's been there from the beginning. But if we're looking at an actual aesthetic standpoint and like their personality and like things like the interior of their house, uh, Stitches is probably the actual answer. <laughs> Interesting. Okay, yeah. thanks for qualifying that. It's a much of richer course. response than I was expecting. <laughs> Although I also expected you to say ketchup. Right. And the reason why I want to bring up ketchup is because very recently on episode 22, which I think you recorded the day that we had our prep call, mm-hmm. um, you had a little bit of a disturbing thing happen early in the morning. Um Talk about that as much as you want to, given that we, of course, want our listeners to watch the episode, too, because I thought this was a really interesting event. Of course. So uh, in the game, as the days go on, to keep the game fresh, the game will randomly start assigning characters uh, the ability to move off of your island. This will allow you to do things like replace villagers if you ended up with villagers that you didn't really want say because you didn't go villager hunting, which if you don't, the game automatically assigns a villager to that plot of land. Uh, Or if there's just a villager that you kind of liked at first, but then really weren't feeling later on, you can get them to move out. Ketchup was a villager that I actually specifically hunted for in a recent villager hunt that I did. I think it was last month. And uh, the way that the game works, it's actually based on an internal algorithm system that... It just it decides who wants to move out based on various factors like how much you talk to them, how many friendship points by giving them gifts that you have with them, and of course how long they've been on the island. So the longer they've been there, the more likely they are going to be chosen to be the ones to want to move out. Ketchup, despite being a new one, was chosen by the algorithm to ask me to move out, which as a non-time traveler means that this resets the algorithm to another two weeks. Now as a content creator, that is a really long time to go in between villager hunt videos. Oh. So that's why for me personally, not only was it a personal thing because I just spent all those tickets looking for ketchup and then ketchup is asking to move out. But also I want my audience to be able to enjoy various aspects of the game with me that don't require a lot of weight in between, which is why even though I don't time travel, a lot of the stuff that I do in between, you know, 
isn't as exciting as villager hunts, but when they do, it, it's almost like more exciting because we've been waiting for so long. I think that's really interesting because I thought you were going to say ketchup was your favorite. And oh, sure. <laughs> your response that morning, and I'm just going to tell everybody that's listening, you need to watch at least those few minutes. I, I kept thinking, like, his heart is broken over ketchup. Oh, he but it really was. Doesn't, yeah, a little bit broken, too? Yeah. Okay. And I think the reason for that is because there are four specific villagers on my island at this point that I really don't want to move out. They all either have a personality that I like, they either have an aesthetic that I like, or they fit the theme of my island overall. And so ketchup... Not only being the one that I searched for recently, but also I just like Ketchup's personality and talking to her as a villager that even though she's not my favorite, I definitely want to keep seeing her around on my island every single day. Is Ketchup a normal or a peppy or what is her personality type? I think Ketchup is a, you know, <laughs> I'm not even going to act like I know. You know what? We are really close to a short break. And what I think is that during those like three seconds that we take a breath, we'll just do a quick search and we'll find yeah. out. And then we'll come back and report back after the break. How does that sound? Sounds good. All right. Hang tight, everybody. We'll be right back. So Ryan, what did we find out about ketchup? What is her type? So ketchup is a peppy villager, which I didn't really know. But I guess it kind of makes sense in thinking about my conversations with her. Definitely a peppy villager. <laughs> right, right. Um, the peppy on my island is Bangal, and she is only ever positive. I've seen her frustrated when she does DIYs, but for the rest of the time, she's like pep talk queen. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I actually like all the all of the the villager personalities, honestly. People ask me all the time, do I have a particular personality that I enjoy talking to more or the ones that I you know, maybe don't really want on my island. And to be honest, I think they're all so unique that I think all of them are, they all have their benefits. I agree. And they all give you slightly different DIYs, which is why when I lost my sisterly last week, I needed another one. Sure. Oh, actually, really quick. Be yeah. People may not know this. You know how sometimes you walk around and your villagers will start to tell you that they found this new reaction that they think that you would really enjoy? Yes. People may not know that the reactions are actually tied to the personality types on your island. So if you have all normal villagers on your island, you're actually locking yourself out of a lot of the other reactions that you could or could not get. So I think it's important that, you know, you kind of you kind of do have a little bit of a personality uh, difference amongst all of them. That way you can unlock all the reactions. But yeah, a lot of people didn't know that, actually. Um, I'm curious if you know the answer to this then, since we're on the topic. When you open up the full expanded reactions menu, there's like, mm -hmm. I don't know, 30 slots or something. Is that um, all there is or are there more than are that? Are there more? No, that's all there is. Okay. All right. Yeah, each 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 personality I believe gives you um six reactions. Mm -hmm. uh, don't quote me on that number, but they all give the same amount of reactions and then it fills up the entire uh block of reactions that you can have. Is yours full? No. <laughs> I think I'm only six from the end. Four or six from I, the end. I think I'm about six or eight as well. Yeah. I, I'm not sure of the personality types on my island completely, but I know that I'm probably missing a few of them, which is probably the ones that I'm uh, missing overall. Yeah. yeah. Um, organically, the game served up pretty much one of everybody. So I only have two of Lazy and two mm -hmm. of Jock. Okay. And to be honest with you, 
when one of the jocks is ready to go, I think I'm going to say bye-bye. <laughs> <laughs> Which is crazy because I love the jocks. Oh, the jocks sweet. are so funny. Um, they're just very one-dimensional. <laughs> this is true. Okay. To be, that's very true. Yeah. <laughs> um, so Lael is my snooty, and she actually had one of the best like shade compliments. She and Bud got in a fight last week, and he sent a gift over to her to apologize. Mm-hmm. After I delivered the gift, she said something like, that was so sweet, Bud, giving me this gift. And here, all I thought was that boy could only think about his muscles. <laughs> <laughs> Some of the villager interactions are pretty hilarious, I have to say. Whether or not they're, be, you know, they're done by giving gifts to each other, kind of like in secret, kind of like you know, away from each other, or whether or not they're talking to each other and then you talk to them while they're talking. It's yeah. it's pretty crazy. Some of the interactions that they have, it's pretty funny too. It's so great. It's so great. <laughs> um, well, it is time for that section of this podcast where we're going to dive a little bit deeper than the surface with Animal Crossing New Horizons. So uh, Ryan, what are some of the things that you thought you might want to dive into today? So one of the things that I, and this has kind of been something that's been going on since the beginning of the game's release, and I don't know if it's still happening, but uh, with everybody picking up Animal Crossing, with everything going on in regards to things like quarantine, um, you know, this game in its in its natural form isn't going to be for everybody. There's no set goal. There's no set, this is what you're supposed to do. And the actions that you take in the game are pretty lax in regards to what you're supposed to do. It's not hard to chop down a tree. It's not hard to to go fishing. You simply just press A whenever there's a fish that's biting your your uh, your bait. There's really not a lot of stuff to do in the game. And because of this, a lot of people tend to view the game as just being nothing more than a mere kids game, which is something that... It's of all the opinions of the game that people tend to give, that's probably the one that I tend to kind of push back on the most just because of how I feel about the game and what I think it's done for a lot of other people, even if it, you know, at the end of the day can be classified as a kid's game. I have a very strong opinion about that. I mean, there are Disney movies that are blockbuster hits because they not only appeal to kids, they also appeal to their parents and grandparents and any human sentient being with a heartbeat and a soul. Exactly. Yeah. So, and, and I mean, you have to have someone to buy the movies. <laughs> right. <laughs> Four-year-olds aren't going to walk into Target and buy Frozen. <laughs> exactly. Did you receive any specific criticism from, from anyone about your like specializing in Animal Crossing? Is that kind of why this came to mind? Or was there a different source of the, the topic so, for you? Right. So it wasn't so much that anybody had come at me personally and asked me about my interest in the game or the content that I made regarding the game. It was more kind of just what I've seen in general, uh, you know, articles, uh, people on Twitter and stuff like that who tend to essentially demean the game and its fan base by calling it a kid's game. And, and you know, if I'm extending an olive branch, I suppose, if that's the uh, proper, uh, I guess, phrase here, I understand why people can feel that way. You're talking to animals, you're chopping mm-hmm. down trees, you're building silly things to make these animals happy and i understand why you know in the grand scheme of things that can be generally seen if you were to pitch that to most video game companies most of them would probably say oh so this is just a kids game but i think animal crossing in and of itself dives a little bit deeper than that and so when people dismiss it as just being nothing more than a mere kids game 
I take a lot of offense to it just because of the fact that it, it's basically almost insinuating that anybody who enjoys this game that's over, I don't know, X age, maybe anything greater than 12, mm -hmm. that they should be playing adult video games, games that aren't made for kids. I'm not sure exactly what exactly they expect other people to play, but it's almost like kind of not really an elitism kind of thing for video gaming, but it almost feels like because they don't understand why people don't enjoy it, then they don't really understand why people should enjoy it in general. And, it, you know, this this is more than just Animal Crossing. It ex this extends further beyond into almost anything that people don't understand. Depending on the person, if they don't understand it, they will generally just kind of take a step back and be like, I don't even understand why anybody would enjoy this. So, so two things come to mind uh, immediately. One of them is that in the world of literature, there had been a couple of pieces that came out in, in uh, like literary criticism <clears throat> where, you know, critics were basically saying, if you are a grown up, you should be reading grown up literature and not young mm. adult fiction. Okay. And, adult. and um, you know, my, my whole approach to that criticism is why don't you stop worrying about what other <laughs> yeah, people well, are reading if you want to read, you know, whatever mature adult literature, then you do that. But other people should do what they want to do. And it, it just struck me as very um, unnecessary because when you look at, uh, you know, the main reason why kids in general stop reading when they are tweens and teens, it's because people are telling them what they should be reading instead of encouraging them to find what they like to read. And I think right. that probably feels the same to me when it comes to games. Absolutely. Yeah. It, it's a sense of peer pressure, unfortunately, which uh, which is interesting when in regards to things like, you know, uh, people, for whatever reason, having an opinion or stance on the things that you do in this game. And I mentioned this earlier in the in this episode, you know, one of the things that people tend to it's a hot ticket item for this game and it's time traveling, the ability to fast forward your game days, weeks, or even months on end to experience mm -hmm. content or to speed up parts of your game that people who don't time travel aren't able to experience. Right. Um, people ask me all the time, how do you feel about time travel? How do you feel about this? How do you feel about what this person did? And it's, it's unfortunately beating a dead horse, but I get new viewership all the time, so I have to answer the question at almost every single video or every single stream, and that mm -hmm. is what they're doing in their game is not affecting my game. And not even just that i'm like i mentioned i'm such an advocate for basically it doesn't really matter what i like in your life and vice versa it doesn't really matter what you like in mine as long as you like what you like that's totally fine right and people i don't know people want me to have a major opinion on it and people you know i time traveled recently for the sake of the villager hunt that i did and people you know surprisingly were quite upset at that um and I, it, it was so interesting to me um, how people can perceive not only this game, but just gaming in general and how they feel about it. And, you know, the thought of maybe even imposing how they feel on other people. I don't really know where that comes from, but it, this game, unfortunately, is not safe from that, whether it be because of lifelong fans who are so purist in the game that they don't time travel or people who don't really understand the game who then wonder why you're even playing it as well. So, yeah. Wow. Um, 
I, I was hit with a little wave of like wanting people to validate my choices in the game early mm -hmm. on. I, I kind of I feel like I kind of understand at the core what that's about, although I would never take it as far as expecting other people to make the choices that I make or sure. asking Ryan FTW to judge other people <laughs> for their choices that are different from mine. But right. just like a really quick example of that is when I first started playing the game and then I was looking on like Instagram and Pinterest and I would see mm -hmm. other people's islands, I would yep. be like, wow, this to me is the difference between like in Hawaii, um, the island of Oahu, which is where Honolulu is, and then the island of Kauai. And, you know, I've, <laughs> I've been fortunate enough to go to both. And I can tell you that, um, you know, Oahu and Honolulu itself, there were islands. There was an island that I watched... Uh, a tour on Twitch and it looked like areas of Honolulu that are completely geared toward tourists. It was beautiful. It was amazing. It was like a feast for the eyes. Right. Um, but then I really was, I'm much more drawn to Kauai. I love that Island. It's very raw. There's like one road that goes through the entire Island. When you mm -hmm. take that road and you don't know where you are on the map, all of a sudden you look out the window and you see this beautiful miniature waterfall that no <laughs> one has touched for all of these years. And you just right. appreciate the raw beauty and I felt like I wanted people to defend my natural island with my wild trees and then curiosity got the better of me I was like well I wonder what I could do if I learned this island designer thing yep. um, and I figure if I ever want to go back to raw I'll reset the game at some point in the future right you're right exactly and you know it, it's interesting that you bring up viewing things like Instagram and stuff like that for island tours and, and things that people do one of my earlier videos was actually titled let's talk about five-star island tours and the reason for that is because you know as I mentioned before in this game there there's a lot of it feels like peer pressure and there's a lot of people wanting their island to look like the islands that they see on Instagram or on YouTube what this causes, unfortunately, is it causes a lot of people to burn out on the game. It makes them feel like the work that needs to go into making their island look like the way that they've seen it on Instagram and YouTube mm -hmm. is either too tedious or they then go back to their own island and think, there's no way that I'm going to get there. I should just stop playing. And so, you know, it's interesting the burnout that happens on this game. But that's also kind of a combination of the fact that with all of us being stuck inside, everybody was able to put as much time and effort into this game more so than I think any other video game in a very, very long time, you know, at least on a worldwide scale. There are people who put a lot of uh, time and effort into games like World of Warcraft, but those are generally people who are really deep into the lore, really deep into the gaming uh, hobby itself, whereas Animal Crossing, you're introducing video gaming to all walks of life that may or may not have either understood gaming in general or never had any sort of rising interest in gaming until there needed to be something to do. And in this case, most everybody was talking about Animal Crossing. It's a very appealing game to look at. It's a very appealing game to listen to. And so everybody picked it up. And so, you know, it's interesting how people started, I guess, twisting how they felt about this game to either fit what they saw or, or you know, whatever it is that they, that they found online. It's yeah. weird. I think to some degree that the essence of it is human, but I think the extent to which we take it and the enjoyment we derive from the game or don't is really the issue. Like looking at enough Pinterest or Instagram to feel mm -hmm. inspired and motivated, but not exactly. so much that we feel overwhelmed, right? Exactly. And that's exactly the talking point that I had in my video. I, I talked specifically about it's okay if you look at those things, as long as you're able to separate inspiration 
from comparison. Yeah, it's fine good. to totally look at something and say, wow, that makes me want to do it. But, you know, you really have to not look at something and go, man, that makes whatever I've been doing just seem completely you know, basic unrealistic, or, basic, yeah. or simple, yeah. you know, this is my island doesn't look appealing at all. So I think it's important that if you do kind of start ingesting in that kind of, uh, or rather indulging in that kind of environment, that you really only do it for the sake of inspiration and, and nothing more. Otherwise, you will quickly view this game as a chore or mm -hmm. a hobby, mm -hmm. and then it, it, will, it will turn into something completely different that it's not supposed to be. Wow, that's great insight. One thing that I was really relieved to see when I was looking at other people's islands is that all of the stuff that's taking up inventory in my home storage could be out in the open. Right. So that is one of the things <laughs> I'm most excited about is finishing out specific areas. Um, I yeah. actually put all of the workout equipment. I had had kind of like a mini little exercise area, but I expanded it and it's not finished at all. I just kind of threw it all out in this one area. And the other day I went running through it to do something and I saw Louie, one of my jocks in there mm -hmm. lifting weights. And I was like, <laughs> this may be the only time that any of my villagers is actually using the gym that I'm using the stuff them. that yeah. I've created. Right. Yeah. Exactly. The, the amount of times that I've set up a little area for sitting and then they sit against the tree like yes. okay i did all yes. that work i planned out for nothing i suppose yes. <laughs> exactly. exactly that's awesome um so i wanted to just touch on one one kind of final thought and a thing that we had sort of talked about before and i'll mm -hmm. um lead into it with this i find myself in the game dressing either very close to how i dress in real life mm -hmm. or a highly costumized version <laughs> Um, one of my favorite things was I went to a friend's island and I went into their shop and um, they had some items that I have never seen before. Mm. I had had uh, a samurai top that was, I don't know, came out of the sky or something and it was blue. <laughs> I had a pair of sweatpants that matched it and I used to wear them together. And in my friend's shop, they had the samurai helmet and it is a getup. It's a huge yes, it thing. Yep. Um, and I have found myself in the game, like really enjoying just throwing on the most outrageous thing that I can sure. find. I love it. Yeah. Um, you know, I think the game for me, when we talk about kid versus adult versus whatever, there is a level of self-expression in it that I would not have in real life because I don't have access to samurai sure, helmets in right. real life yeah. like that, right? How many people are able to walk around with astronaut helmets on and yes. just space gear 24-7? Yes. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And, you know, I think the game itself does a very good job at, at lending um, people the ability to be artistic in a way that maybe they never thought they could be you know i mean it's not every day that you're given a video game and they say okay you have this gigantic island you have the tools to make the island whatever it is that you want mm -hmm. plant as many trees as you want plant as many flowers as many different colored flowers not only just the island creation process but also the different custom design patterns that you can use all over your island and then even it's something as is is simple as just even dressing your character up as you mentioned I dress my character up pretty much as I would dress in real life. It's generally shorts, sneakers, a t-shirt, and maybe a hat or something. He looks very like me in regards to his glasses and his hair. Right. But otherwise, I, t I don't know. I think for me, when I the reason I make my character look the way that I do in the game, which is like me, is because 
it for me really kind of engrosses me in that kind of environment now obviously i'm not like two foot five and talking around you know walking <laughs> around talking to different animals but it, it allows me to see what my what i would look like if i was there in the game personally and then today's villager hunt you know i dressed up in an all-white suit and i wore a crown which i certainly do not have in real life right but it's nice to sometimes see my character that i believe looks so closely like me dress up in all that different gear i don't know there's something about it in in, in regards to an, a form of either expression or just fun mm -hmm. that i really enjoy with the game and i think the fact that you know video games in and of itself are already an art and then being able to have art within art so you know being able to do all these different things in the game customization wise in in something that is already artistic you you're able to every time you go to a different island or speak to someone else you're always kind of getting a glimpse into either their personality or what you know maybe their fantasy or things like that and it's always interesting to go to different islands because what you thought may have been a cool idea you know you go to somewhere else and you see something that you've never seen before and mm -hmm. it you know fills you with this rush of oh my god how did I not think to put the chair over yes. there instead? And it opens up a whole new world yeah. when you go to other people's islands. It's a rush of possibility. You're just like, wow, that possibility exactly. never occurred to me. Exactly. Love and that. with the addition of things like uh, with the addition of things like Dream Suites, mm. uh, are you familiar with the Dream Suite feature that was yes. just added? Yes. Yes. So my Discord channel, um, we actually just reached over a thousand members uh, recently, which is pretty crazy. Um, I have a channel where people can go in and share their dream suite codes for people to, you know, just go to other islands and get some ideas. And I think that opening up the dream suite, which is not a new feature for Animal Crossing, it, it comes from previous games. But I think, you know, now with the ability to do things like change whole islands, whereas before the only thing you were really, you know, browsing around was technically, I guess, people's houses. Mm -hmm. Here you're exploring whole islands and the different things that people are doing, you're able to do it in such a quick manner that's unlike browsing Instagram or Pinterest and things like that. You're actually able to see these people and then even poke their brain a little bit. How did you get that from this? Where did you get your idea from? Which will then open more doors for you, which is which is pretty crazy. Uh, the amount of stuff that you can do this in this game absolutely blows my mind. And people ask me all the time, you know, do you think you'll ever find that you'll run out of stuff to do? And I just can't really think of at any point at least right now soon where that's going to happen yeah it's it's so full featured i i really enjoy it so much mm -hmm. uh before we kind of transition out of this section i have a quick question to clarify you said that on the villager hunt today you wore a white suit and a crown <laughs> are you talking about the crown that you buy in the able sister oh, shop the... you're talking okay you're talking about the 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 one million yes. bell crown yes. i think that's what it, i think there i think there might be two crowns in the game i might be incorrect on that information but uh, it's the it's the very big red one. Oh. I think the one you're thinking of is the very tiny gold one. Yes, that's a million bells. No, yes. I was not wearing that one. Okay. <laughs> do you own that one? I you know I think I do, but because I don't ever bring it out, it stays generally in my inventory, and mm -hmm. so I don't really wear it. I kind of just picked this crown out because it was right there, and I knew I had it. But <laughs> now that I think about it, I don't think I do. No, I think a million bells is 
quite hefty. That is Not exorbitant. That yeah. I was going to say, <laughs> if you have that one, alrighty then. Um, <laughs> let's switch gears and we're going to kind of come back up to the surface. I've got a tournament for you that I call This or That. Okay. We're going to set the timer for a minute and I'm going to ask you up to 10 questions. These are intended to kind of force you into making a decision between two <laughs> things that you either have a really clear opinion about or you have no opinion about, but we'll see okay. how many of these questions we can get through inside of one minute. Are you ready, Ryan FTW? I am ready. All right, let's begin. Isabel or Pascal? Pascal. Villager gift, clothing, furniture, or fruit? Uh, clothing. Diving or bug hunting? Oh, diving. Tulips or hyacinths? Tulips. Pond fishing or river fishing? Probably oh, uh, <laughs> river fishing. Horned atlas, horned elephant, or horned Hercules? Uh, I'm going to say horned atlas. Mabel, sable, or label? Sable. Ooh, my goodness. Yes or no? <laughs> do you play the stock market? I do. Favorite KK album? Uh, KK Disco. <laughs> and Mysterious Wallpaper or Mysterious Flooring? Mysterious Wallpaper. All right, you did them all. Good for you. I've, trust me, I get these questions. It's It almost seems like I'm prepared for these questions just because, you know, a lot of people tend to ask me my preference a, a lot in the game because they want to know why I choose some things that I do in the game. Oh. So I, I've thought about... Those questions are actually not very new to me, but it's the Horned Atlas one really got me because I didn't really, I couldn't picture them in my head. <laughs> oh, I am kind of a, I like all of the activities, but I do like bug hunting. And in particular in this season, I really, really, really like the beetles a lot. Oh yeah, um, all the stags and, and yes. beetles. Yeah, yep, The I giraffe agree. stag and all of those guys. So every time I round the corner to a palm tree where one is located, coconut tree, I always kind of right. slow down, slow down, yeah, don't exactly. scare it away. <laughs> um, the horned atlas is the one that's all black and it has the super pointy oh. middle and it just looks like a beast. It's so cool. Yeah, so yeah, cool. yep, agreed. And the reason I chose diving, and this might just be because of how long I've played the game. I mean, I, I, you know, release day of the game, I played it for three hours, and I've been playing it consistently every day for, you know, four months. Mm -hmm. uh, the diving really was such a fun feature for me that, again, is one of those features that up until now, there's not really been a lot of new features introduced to this uh, iteration of Animal Crossing. But diving was such a great addition because it op it opened up the island for everybody. And not only that, as someone who's completed the fossil section of my museum and mm -hmm. stuff like that, I was looking for, okay, what's the next thing I can work on in regards to the museum? And diving for sea creatures, which adds to the museum, again, it's that collector in me. I mm. I'm thinking, okay, great. Another thing that I can start collecting for the museum. And in addition, you know, this was the first question, Isabelle or Pascal, I chose Pascal. Diving leads directly to Pascal if you can find a scallop. And then yes. the the words of wisdom Pascal feeds you <laughs> is amazing. When I do when I do stream, I do kind of like this really laid back kind of like uh, like a 
<laughs> you know what I'm talking about. It, it, I get very laid back and chill and how I talk, I start to slur my words. I start to slow down. I and don't I, think I have ever heard you slur your no, words. No, it, it, it doesn't happen very often, but okay. I go into this character when Pascal, when I, have, when I start oh. to read Pascal's words of wisdom because okay. he doesn't say man. He says like, man, yeah. you know, and I start dragging out all yeah. my words. Oh, the, the audience really loves it when I see Pascal and I turn off my camera and I just like, I go straight into Pascal voice mode. <laughs> All right. I want to talk for a minute about Pascal. Um, sure. I Since July 1st, I do not turn the game off until I've seen him. Right. So even if I'm really tired and it's nighttime, which my nighttime vision in real life isn't great, and in the game I'm like <laughs> scrambling to see things, I really want to see him and talk to him before it's over. Um, two things about Pascal. One is... He is like Matthew McConaughey to me. He reminds oh, really? me of, you know, just the way he talks, the way he does like drag out his vowel sounds. That's and a good way to put it. He reminds me so much of Matthew McConaughey. The other thing about Pascal is, uh, have you ever swum with him? Like, yes, okay. I do it all the time. Yeah, yes. I every time I see him, I specifically go out of my way to swim with him yes. until he cracks the, the scallop yes. and then he eats it. Yeah. It's amazing. I love it so much. <laughs> I love it too. And I today was noticing that as I was swimming with him, he kept turning his head to look at me from time yes. to time. <laughs> and I just thought to myself, this is quite a Romeo and Juliet moment, if ever <laughs> there were one. So in an alternate life, Pascal is my uh, unrequited love separated you by offense. <laughs> exactly. Yep, exactly. But no, I love Pascal. He's probably my new favorite NPC. It used to be Red, you know, who gives you the artwork and stuff yes. that, you know, he comes every now and again. But the thing with that was he, he came so sparingly. I haven't actually even seen him on my island in over mm -hmm. two weeks. And okay. it, it started to get to the point where it was almost kind of an annoyance. Pascal, like you mentioned, you don't close out the game until you've met Pascal. Mm -hmm. Pascal was one of my, or currently is one of my kind of like daily routine things. Mm -hmm. You know, there, there are certain things that happen every single day. You always get four fossils. You always get one item out of a tree. You always, you know, can get materials from the rocks that spawn uh, naturally on your island. So all that stuff was built into the daily routine. And now that Pascal is there... I cannot close it out without seeing one of his wonderful words oh, of yeah. wisdom. I oh, have to. Yeah. <laughs> I think my favorite part of his whole spiel is when he's about to give you the wisdom. He's about to drop it. And he says, feel this. And he feel tips this. his head down. Like it's yep. so deep <laughs> that he's got to gather himself. He needs he's a minute. He's about to blow your mind. Yes. <laughs> you better oh get God. ready because you were not prepared for this. <laughs> yep, exactly. I love it so I much. I love him too. All right. We are going to take our second break and let people feel the wisdom of Pascal. And when we come <laughs> back, we'll wrap up our time with Brian FTW. We are back for part three with Ryan FTW. I've got mm -hmm. five questions for you, Ryan. It's the same five questions that I ask every guest of Tiny Island Diary. And that begins with, what do you love the most about ACNH? So what I love the most about Animal Crossing New Horizons, or just, I guess, Animal Crossing in general, and, you know, we kind of talked on, we kind of touched on this uh, kind of uh, in the deep dive section of our of our conversation about the notion that this game is is purely meant for for kids or rather people's idea that this is primarily a kids game mm -hmm. and 
What I love about Animal Crossing New Horizons is the ability to use it as an escape, essentially, which is another reason why I feel like this is actually more of an adult game than a kid's game, because I feel like, you know, adults, we need some sort of escape from the the woes of daily life. You know, we, we all, if we all work a general work schedule, we all wake up early, we all have to take care of what we have to, we go to a job for x amount of hours usually anywhere between eight to ten and then we come home and we have to find the thing that helps us unwind to kind of get away from bills the thought of deadlines and things like that and the best thing about animal crossing is the lack of deadlines there are no limits on how many fish you can catch there is no uh deadline for paying your your bill for tom nook for your house you could literally go a year without paying alone and that's totally fine and i think that the the escapism from real life that you get from the game is is super important for adults which is why i say that if anything it's not a kid's game mm-hmm. yes there are kids who enjoy it because in essence i mean sure we can say it's a kid's game it's not really the most thought-provoking game and there's really not a lot of action it's easy for kids to understand sure but I think adults appreciate it more because, you know, when I come home, it feels really nice that I can just go on to my island or other islands like Mystery Islands and just, I guess, kind of play to my heart's content without the worry that I'm doing something wrong or messing up the game in, in any sort of way. Uh, so I think the biggest thing I like with Animal Crossing New Horizons, and, and not even just New Horizons, but Animal Crossing in general, as I mentioned, is just the freedom that you get in the game. Obviously you're limited in, in some aspects, but overall the game leaves you to your own devices to do essentially whatever you can, at least within the limits that it's imposed. <laughs> awesome. What is one thing that you might change about the game if you could? Oh man. <laughs> just <laughs> <So> one. <laughs> just one, just one. There are so many, but you know, the biggest thing that I would probably change is um, of the two, there are two, uh, and I'll choose one more than the other. Okay. The, the two are the tediousness of the dialogue. Sometimes you will go through the process of talking to Tom Nook and accidentally hit something you didn't mean to. Yes. And now you have to run through the entire conversation all over again. Yeah. Uh, the second thing is the um, lack of ability to make things in bulk, which if I'm honestly mm-hmm. going to say is my biggest gripe with the game it is that mm-hmm. uh, there is nothing that makes it feel like it's trying to keep your attention in the game more so than only being able to build one thing at a time, being able to only buy one T-shirt from the Able Sister store. Oh, you have to gosh. always, yes. right? Yeah, exactly. Yes. You walk in, you buy a shirt, but there's 10 colors. So you have to walk back out, mm-hmm. walk back in, mm-hmm. buy another color and keep doing that. And, you know, I mean, the, the mobile games generally get a bad rep for prolonging the game by simply adding various features to make you stay in their game longer. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, the dialogue, tediousness, and the uh, inability to bulk craft things or mm-hmm. bulk buy things, mm-hmm. it makes it feel like in a game based around inventory, you would think that that would be something <laughs> that <point>. is <laughs> that is already in there. But when they don't, it makes it seem like they're only trying to drag this out to to prolong how long you play the game which is not a bad thing overall but it takes away time i watched you in a recent live stream uh, a recent video on youtube um purchase garden lamps 
the yes. little white uh-huh. ones that went in the ground. And right. that whole, you know, you can't just say, I want four. You have to buy one and go back one through all the menus and buy another. I totally 100%. Exactly. Yeah. That would be, so if I'm really going to choose one or the other, it would be the uh, the inability to bulk craft or buy things yeah. in a game that's based around how much inventory you have yes. and, and buying things and making things in general. Awesome. Thank you. Yep. Uh-huh. Um, you have a deep well of expertise with this game. If you could offer a fresh listener tip, trick, hack, um, some a practice or a habit or something that you are into that you think would benefit listeners, what would it be? Sure. So uh, in this game, you are actually unable to um, store things like DIY recipes. Inevitably, you will get duplicate DIY recipes, <laughs> which you cannot store in your inventory. Yes. You either have to place them in your house on the floor, yes. outside, or sell them. What people don't realize is they can actually use the recycling bin in the resident services center as a secondary storage for things like that. So what you can do is outside, if you put all the DIY recipes on a table Mm -hmm. or some sort of like a platform that lifts them off the ground and use the cleaning services app on your phone, what they will do is they will clean up a space around you and it will actually dump everything that it picked up into the recycling bin. So... That's an interesting trick for people who have an abundance of DIYs, mm-hmm. either because they want to eventually give them away to people, mm-hmm. or you know, if that's generally the reason why they want to eventually give them away to to other people and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And so, if you don't want to just put it in your house, which will reduce your score with the Happy Home Academy, or put it outside, mm-hmm. which will reduce your overall island rating, mm-hmm. use the tables, put the DIYs on the table use the cleaning services, and it will put them in the recycling bin, which has a pretty deep storage. I think it's like 80 oh, things that it can store at one time. I so yeah, definitely. It's a good way to store things from outside that you can't usually store in your inventory. I have about 30 laying on the beach right now. So thank you <laughs> yeah, for that exactly. tip. <laughs> exactly. Yep. yep. And yep, it's definitely one that I've taken advantage of lately. Uh, and definitely for people who are out there trying to eventually give away their DIYs to those who need it, Yeah, just put them in your recycling bin. Out of sight, out of mind, and when they need it, just go back into it and pull it out. Easy All enough. All right. Thank <laughs> you. Okay, very of good. Course. What is your favorite resource for ACNH news, updates, guides? So generally speaking, and this is more just from my, um, I guess, nature of being a visual learner, mm-hmm. uh, more so in animation than reading, uh, YouTube. And, you know, this mm-hmm. isn't just because I make YouTube videos and things like that. I mean... In, in the grand scheme of things, there are so many different YouTubers for all different types of topics, Animal Crossing being one of them, that generally speaking, when something new comes out or there's a new tip or trick, everybody's going to be rushing to try and make a video about that particular topic. Mm-hmm. So usually the recommended feed on YouTube is pretty good. Sometimes you get recommended some pretty weird stuff. But, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, if you watch a lot of Animal Crossing videos, inevitably, if you pull up YouTube and someone's made a video about a new tip or trick that they've discovered or that's been data mined, generally you can find that within 30 seconds of it being posted because obviously YouTube's algorithm is pretty, pretty great at this point in, you know, feeding you things that it thinks you'd want to see. And Animal Crossing in regards to its tips and tricks, again, a more of a visual learner kind of thing too. You can sit there and tell me how to do something all you want to, mm-hmm. but if I can't actually see you doing it, mm-hmm. it's not going to resonate with me and I can't process it. Wow. So 
when people say this is how you do it and they show it on their videos, which is what I've done in the past as well. I don't really do a lot of guide videos, not as much as I used to, but when I did, I felt like it was important for me to be able to do it in the game and show people because that's how I learn. Awesome. Final question for you, Ryan. What question do you have for listeners of Tiny Island Diary? Mm-hmm. So I guess the the question that I would ask a lot of people is probably the thing that changes people's kind of view on the game in general, and that is, you know, I guess what's uh, what's your favorite season? There are a lot of there are four seasons. Obviously, there's winter, spring, summer, and fall. And they all have the things about them that change the whole aesthetic of your island. So in winter, we're all going to expect snow on the mm -hmm. island, and that will drastically change everything that you've built up until that point. What about in fall when the trees are no longer green? You know, in spring, we had the cherry blossom mm -hmm. trees. Mm -hmm. I think you mentioned that you got into the game in... It was after that. It was um, after the cherry blossom yeah. event. There were so many islands built around the cherry blossom trees. Mm -hmm. It was almost like every island tour on YouTube was a Japanese theme inspired <laughs> cherry blossom tree island because they were so pretty. Right. And then of course, um, you know, in the summertime we have you know, we have all the shells and stuff on the beach, we have all the different bugs. Summer doesn't really look that much different from spring, mm -hmm. especially considering that the cherry blossom trees are only there for like two weeks. I don't know if it's gonna be the same, but yeah, I would say what's the what's your favorite season? And uh, you know, is there any season that you're really looking forward to uh to either change how your island looked or just you're, you know, you're excited about the aesthetic of the the season overall? I got a North Pole gift after oh. helping Gulliver one of those times. I don't think I've ever seen the North Pole sign yeah, before. <laughs> I've put it up outside and every time I run by it, I just think I can't wait until winter when it snows yeah, and exactly. I can see what that looks like. That's <laughs> exactly. excellent. If you are listening right now and you have an answer for Ryan or you'd like to share any sort of idea or question of your own, you can do that on Twitter. Just make sure you tag this podcast at Tiny Island Diary. You can also tag Ryan on Twitter or Instagram and his handle is at its underscore Ryan FTW. Um, you can also email me at this podcast at tinyislanddiary at gmail.com. And we are on most major podcast platforms, including Apple Podcasts, Anchor, Google Podcasts, Overcast, and Spotify, and a bunch more services, actually. So please tell all of your Animal Crossing friends about this podcast. If you would, share, subscribe, and if you're on Apple Podcasts, rate and review the podcast. That would be so, so helpful to finding new listeners. We have been so lucky today to have such a popular Animal Crossing content creator with us. Um, thank you so much for making time in your production schedule to join us, Ryan. Of course, Antoinette. Thank you so much for having me. This was really, really fun. It was <laughs> I really fun. Enjoyed it. <laughs> Everyone, be sure to check out Ryan FTW's Twitch streams and YouTube videos on Twitch. He is his channel is Ryan FTW, and I believe it's the same on YouTube. The last time that I watched a video, like two hours yep. ago, <laughs> exactly the same. Yep, Ryan FTW. You got it. Excellent. All right, dear listener, I will be back next week with another great guest on Tiny Island Diary. Until then, bye.